Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? My name is Braun Breaker. How the hell does that even happen? The damn world just broke. It is the end of September. Somebody wake up, Green Day. It is the Cultaholic.com Wrestling Top 10. This is where we take a look back at some of the big stories in the wrestling world over the month of September. I am joined by the Cultaholic Tribal Editor-in-Chief, Mitch Wadden. I just thought of that in my head. I don't know why we haven't done that already. <laughs> That's fantastic. What, are you my legal counsel then? My special I'm, counsel? I am your special... I, I have been described as special previously. <laughs> this is off to a fantastic start. It's off to a good start. Mitch, how are you doing? Uh, I'm very well, thank you, mate. Aside from the, the, the bit of fabric you can see around my uh, my neck and across my arm, the, uh, the old arm injury that uh, has plagued me this month. But uh, apart from that, mate, I'm swell. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I want to ask you about the injury... Uh, we know about it in the work chat because I've been sending you pictures of Zack Ryder throughout the month. <laughs> I'm it's, a it's caring a, individual. It's a form of bullying, Tom. Hate Clara on to you. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> what happened then? How did you how did you do your arm in? Mate, it's not a good story at all. Uh, you've suggested better stories. Friends have suggested better stories. I just fell over. <laughs> I was out for a run and I just tripped. And I tripped pretty hard in front of a lot of people. And uh, the result was a fractured elbow, a sprained, strained arm, and a cracked rib. Jeez, that's a hell of a fall. I, I mean, so again, as the people in the office know, I'm six foot five, so I've got a bit of a way to fall when I go. I had time to think about not landing on my head, and that was, a, that was about it. But yeah, a, a way to go, uh, two weeks in and still recovering. Did you know how badly you'd injured yourself when you hit the ground? No. So when I when I landed, it was I'd winded myself, which was the rib, obviously. Uh, but I sort of looked at the grazes and the little bit of blood. And I, all right, it's not as bad as it could be. The arm hurts, but because I've landed on that, let's go home and patch myself up. And it was only when I then rang the wondrous one 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 NHS that they said you should probably just come in and get it looked at. And uh, yeah, then the uh, a lovely doctor called Johnny uh, said, yeah, you've uh, fractured your elbow, mate. So that was my thrilling Saturday evening a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> It's a hell of a Saturday, matey. But I'm, but I'm just gutted it didn't happen like on a night out or, as you kindly suggested, a sexual misadventure. At least that's <laughs> a good story. <laughs> I, may have, I may have suggested saying it was a sexual misadventure. <laughs> <laughs> because but at least if that had happened, I'd have something good to tell people. 
like, I just fell over. I'm a clumsy bastard. That was my exact wording. Was uh, was Mitch is lying? It wasn't running. It was a sexual misadventure. <laughs> he got a good giggle. Mate, and which is the last thing I should get you doing? What with a broken rib. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about uh, your month, Tom, because you've had a, a busy old month. You've uh, oh, you've been God. to a WWE live event. You've interviewed Drew McIntyre twice, mm-hmm. Finn Balor, W. Morrissey. How was your September, sir? Busy, as you said. Uh, in amongst it all, I managed to sneak a cheeky weekend off, a uh, cheeky week mm. off rather, to to go and sit in a log cabin in the middle of the woods, <laughs> which is the start. <laughs> it's the start of a slasher movie. It's the start um, of a horror flick. It really is. Uh, but I, we booked this place because we've just both been very busy. We booked a place in the middle of nowhere, which had a jacuzzi. And I was like, yeah, that'll nice. do. Do that for a week. I don't want to see people. I don't want to really keep up to date with wrestling if I can afford not to. And uh, and just just reset. It was very nice. But then everything around that was just silly busy. I got to, you know, it's it's one thing to get to chat to Iron Drew McIntyre once, but I got to chat to him twice in September. Basically, yeah. the, I got to, it's great because I got to do the line, the the crap line that I do with everybody that that I meet. That I if I see them more than once in a certain amount of time, I get to go. Oh, hang on. We have to stop meeting like this because people will talk. It's a shit line, but I use it every single time. And I used it with Drew. It got a laugh and he followed me on Twitter. So that can't be too bad. You and Drew on first name terms, mate. Brand new tag team right there. Me and Drew would be a phenomenal tag team. And I can think of an excellent place where we could team up. But we'll talk about that a little later on in the in the show but let's get straight to it the number one on the top 10 of the cultaholic.com top 10 for september here is your cultaholic.com top 10 for september of 2021 All out. That was a thing. Big wrestling show from Tony Khan and his merry men. And a real game-changing event as well, wasn't wasn't it, bitch? This was unreal in every sense of the word. I mean, talking about the show itself to start off with, we are talking about a, a caliber of a wrestling show, the likes of which we haven't seen outside of WWE in 20 years. And uh, that was uh, seen in the buy rate. It was the uh, highest bought uh, non-pay-per-view WWE event since 1999. The caliber of the event itself was fantastic, met with critical acclaim. We'll talk about some of the matches in detail in a little bit. And there was the small matter of a couple of new faces turning up. So in the middle of the show, during the uh, women's casino battle royale, who would come out as the Joker? Only Ruby Soho. And if you thought that was all you were getting at AEW All Out, you would be wrong, my friends. Very, very, very wrong indeed. Because we got not one, but two surprises at the very end. Adam Cole, baby, and Brian Danielson. What a night. 
it was just relentless. I mean, in amongst all of that, and you are forgiven for doing so, but there was actually another debut on that night as well, which was the first time we'd ever seen an AEW Monaro Suzuki. The small matter of Suzuki turning up as well. But again, on a night like that, you're forgiven for for missing stuff like that because it was a full-on evening. I did live reactions for All Mm. Out while Adam was away. So I was sat in this very room that I'm talking to you in now watching AEW All Out go down. And Adam Cole turned up. That was really special. 90 seconds later... About 90 seconds later, bring out Brian Danielson as well. Just an unreal turn of events for talk, AEW. Talk, for, for the lovely fans that didn't get to watch the, uh, your live reactions, Tom, just talk us through what was going through your head at that exact moment. Uh, about two bottles of white wine, uh, <laughs> three craft beers, <laughs> and I think the wording I used was... You maniacs. Like, because the idea that we, we knew that um, Brian Danielson was rumoured for All Out. Mm. And on the day of the event, there was talk of Adam Cole. So we all kind of went, oh, okay, so maybe it won't be Brian. Maybe they'll go Adam Cole tonight. Absolutely. And then Adam Cole yeah. turns up and go, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then Daniel Bryan comes out after that. <laughs> like, what? What are you doing? It says something, right? And this is what is incredible about All Out. We are talking about a pay-per-view. We're talking about all the events around a pay-per-view. <laughs> and we haven't mentioned the fact that this was the first time that CM Punk has wrestled in God knows how long. In the longest Absolutely. of time. And that became a bit of a footnote by the end of the night. <laughs> we are talking about what is, for us at work in the wrestling media, the, the, the future of CM Punk has basically been a recurring headline for the last seven years. Mm. So we finally We're all out of business with... now. No, we were all, the P45s are in the post, we're pack the up, we are done. Um, it's been something we've been talking about for a very long time. So when the it finally happens, CM Punk wrestles again, you expect that to be your top story. I don't think it was in our, it was maybe breaks top five for this event. It's, what a packed night this was. Absolutely insane. Um, Brian Danielson coming in, uh, he, he opened up afterwards in the press call about why he joined AEW. And a lot of it comes down to similar things to CM Punk. Brian Danielson wanted to get back into wrestling again. And uh, we've heard a lot of things since then about uh, Brian Danielson's departure from WWE, which we'll talk about a little later on uh, Mm. throughout the top 10. Um, Ruby Soho turning up was a great surprise. Um, what What are our thoughts on Ruby Soho within AEW, Mitch? Really enjoyed the, the debut. I uh, thought it was the right place at the right time for an incredible talent. All the uh, reports since, particularly from the likes of Fightful and Dave Meltzer, suggested it was it was only really ever going to be AEW for her coming out of uh, her WWE release. I think it's a great fit. It's it's something we say a lot. You know, this person in WWE would be a great fit for AEW, but, but this genuinely is. And you can already see in three or four weeks of being there what a top star she will be for that company. The match with Britt Baker was excellent. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later on in a bit more detail. She she just looks right in that company. I'm all for this. 
Um, lots of love for the show as a whole, away from the releases, away, away from the, the arrivals, actually, which is the opposite of releases. <laughs> Complete opposite. Complete opposite of releases. Uh, Dave Meltzer of The Observer calling it an all-time classic. Uh, one of the matches that uh, got a lot of love was the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, which was, for me, in ring, the match of the night. Absolutely. Uh, this is just, if you, if for whatever reason you haven't, watched all out or or you're uncertain on on AEW for whatever reason and, and no uh you know no problems with that from our end but just make time to go and watch this steel cage match if you've got 20 minutes because i've seen reports it was the best steel cage match of all time and i it'd be hard to disagree it is excellent it is so good um as, as you said earlier tom cm punk's first wrestling match in seven and a half years him and darby allen put on a, a very very good showing they really, really did. Uh, also, and, and again, it's such a packed card. Uh, it, it almost gets lost. Jericho and MJF had themselves uh, a blow-off match to their rivalry. We saw John Moxley, who the night before had become the GCW heavyweight champion, beating, um, beating Matt Cardona. Uh, mm-hmm. in the center of the ring and then getting called out by Nick Gage moments later. They're off to the races with an incredible story to tell. Uh, and also Kenny Omega and Christian Cage in the main event. Uh, not to be outdone, still put on an excellent match, uh, despite the fact that by the end of the night, we would all, it was all about, it was all about Ruby Soho. It was all about Adam Cole and it was all about Brian Danielson. Meanwhile... Where do you... um? Sorry, sorry, Tom, just because we've got so much news packed into... I mean, this we could have done a top 20 for September. <laughs> it's really an absolutely have. manic month. And I think it's important we just note that uh, there were some reports about the futures of uh, Windham Rotunda and Kevin Owens this month, potentially also heading uh, AEW way. What are your thoughts on that? So, yeah, so following on from AEW All Out, there were conversations about, as you say, uh, formerly Kevin Steen, formerly Wyndham Rotunda, uh, doing stuff. Um, Owens seems to be um, a possibility. His contract's up in January. And I know that he's somebody that has a lot of opportunity to go over to to, to AEW and work some magic there. Like there's there's a lot there's there's a lot of reasons why WWE should try and keep Kevin Owens, which we talked about in a news video this month as well. Um, I think it's very likely we see him go there. Uh, Wyndham Rotunda, mm. the former Bray Wyatt, um, the conversations at the moment seem to be turning not so much to AEW. A lot of people think that the obvious answer is to have him come out as the new leader of the Dark Order, but a lot of people saying that it's looking like uh, his future lies in Impact Wrestling instead. Uh, a smaller platform, but certainly somewhere that we could see some creative greatness from Wyndham, I think. So I'm going to pick the boring answers, be the less obscure company. Uh, Owens to AEW after January, uh, Wyndham Rotunda to Impact Wrestling. I would say the next time you and I sit down to do a top 10. Okay, I'll hold you to that. that. Hold me to it. Hold me I to it. I will hold you to that. I don't disagree. I will hold you to it. Tonight, we write page one of the next chapter. Welcome to NXT 2.0. Rumbreaker is high energy, high intensity, and high impact. In the last two weeks, because I've been shot out of a canteen, I love it. In the ring, I'm trash talking, my veins are bulging, my heart rate's off the charts. It's a white knuckle for a ride. I know the locker room is full of studs, but I'm here to whip ass. And that's harsh. I don't give a. You want a friend? Go get a dog. 
Because make no bones about it, my goal is to be NXT champion. Tommaso, I'm not a patient guy. Meanwhile, over in WWE, it was all change for NXT. We talked last month on the top 10 about sweeping changes that were on the horizon for the black and gold brand with Vince McMahon and uh, Nick Khan and Kevin Dunn uh, wanting to take a little bit more ownership of that brand as a developmental system. And boy, howdy, did we see, (laughs) did we see a reboot this month for NXT or what? Oh, it's been, it's been mental. So if if you've been living under a rock, NXT rebranded as NXT 2.0, coming to you live on Tuesday, the 14th of September from a a, a new look uh, performance center in Orlando. I I really like the new look personally, Uh, but brand new production values, uh, like I said, a new arena, a fresh paint of, uh, fresh paint of coat, a fresh coat of paint. I'm so excited today. I've had far too much coffee. Uh, some new names introduced to the, the show as well. Bron Breaker, Von Wagner, Carmelo Hayes, Odyssey Jones, just to give a, a couple of them a shout out because there's been so, so many Four new names of the 97 names that have debuted <laughs> for NXT 2.0 in the last five minutes. I think you're understating it a bit, 97. Um <laughs> And, and it's it's important to note as well that on that very first show, we did also crown a new NXT champion and perhaps not one that, that many people saw coming in a, a second reign with the, the title for Tommaso Ciampa. So Samoa Joe sadly had to relinquish the belt due to uh, the advice of WWE Medical. Uh, fatal four-way match on the 14th of September. Ciampa, LA Knight, Dunn and Von Wagner replacing Kyle, Ro- uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, and Ciampa's got the got Goldie back. Uh, so uh, as busy as it's been for AEW, similarly busy over at uh, the former black and gold brand. I think Tommaso Ciampa's a good choice. I think that they, with Samoa Joe, the plan was to have that sort of veteran performer holding the title as all these young'uns try to find their feet. And I think with Samoa Joe not there, I think Tommaso Ciampa certainly has that vibe of like an NXT veteran that mm. can possibly work some big matches against some of these young up-and-coming rapscallions. Um, and so I'm happy with that. I think that of all that, there's been a lot of names that have debuted for NXT over the past couple of weeks. A lot of new characters, a lot of redesigned characters, all coming thick and fast. The main one I think um, people are going to be focusing on is Bron Breaker. Uh, he got the lion's share of the of the attention on the first show. He was teaming up with Tommaso Ciampa on the second one. And on the third one, he was essentially calling out Tommaso Ciampa. What are your thoughts on Braun Breaker, Mitch? It, it would be far too easy to sit here and sort of go very anti-WWE and they're going to force this guy down our throats. I actually quite like Bron Breaker. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a good look. I think he can... He, he's only 23 and he's already got, like I said, the look. He can talk on the mic. His his in-ring performances have been good so far. You know, you can see there's room for improvement, but he's a he's a sound hand in the ring. Um, I think the only, the, the only question mark, and you can understand why it's there, is the name. Mm-hmm. Where, 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 where do you stand? <laughs> well, the, the the name thing. I think that it's they're not they're not even le- leaning into any of that legacy of the Steiners because Bram Breaker, no. uh, the son of Rick Steiner. If you just watch the product, you wouldn't know that per se. You'd probably go, "Isn't it funny how he walks, talks, dresses, wrestles like 
the Steiner brothers, <laughs> but he's but they're not referencing him as the Steiner brother. In fact, the the no. promo that he cut in the in the video package on Tuesday, he sounded so much like Rick Steiner. He did so like Rick Steiner, but we're not naming him just yet. The one thing I think that I think we mentioned this last month, Mitch, you and I. Um, I think that what's the good that's going to come from this new NXT is that now Vince McMahon is invested in the talent within this brand. When the call-up happens, the call-up will be more seamless. It'll be a seamless call-up rather than more seamless. Uh, it'll be a seamless call-up for whoever because like, someone like Bron Breaker, like, I don't doubt for a second that when the time is ready, they'll put him on Raw, they'll put him on SmackDown and and he'll be fine. He'll he'll smash through the ranks. I've even put out the prediction this week, Mitch, that I think WrestleMania 40, main event, will be Roman Reigns versus Braun Breaker for the Universal title. Wow. Not wow. yet. I think down the line. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see I mean, Braun climb only, the ranks in years to come. That's only two and a half years away. Which is scary when you think about it, actually. It's, but I think by that time he'll be more than ready. I really do. With this system behind him. Uh, another name that has been has got a lot of traction online uh, since the arrival of NXT 2.0 is Joe Gacy, former CCW yes. star, who unveiled a new gimmick that has got the world talking, hasn't it, Mitch? <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, this one, hasn't it? So mm. Joe Gacy debuting his his brand new quote-unquote woke gimmick. gimmick. Uh, won't use his male privilege to get ahead, uh, saying NXT, the ring is a safe space. All these uh, very woke cliches and tropes. And it got a lot of uh, mainstream media attention, particularly from our right-leaning friends in the uh, mainstream press. Uh, your Fox News, your your Daily Mail over here in the UK, uh, saying that Vince McMahon was was taking it to the uh, the woke left. Vince and... McMahon slams <laughs> woke left. was one of the Controversial woke character, Joe Gacy. And it was controversial for a few days. And... Uh, we all thought that Gacy had been scrapped because there was no reference. All the references to, to, to him were removed from WWE.com, from YouTube, from the social medias. And But he's still there. He was there this week on NXT. Uh, I will not be cancelled, he, he exclaimed. And I, I mean, I don't dislike the character. I'm interested to see where it goes. I think we got got, you know, mate. I do as well. I think we got got and, and fair play. Fair play. <laughs> you had us. You had us. The whole thing of deleting all the references to Joe Gacy, uh, I really want to believe that was that was a meticulous plan. I really do, uh, and How... it's added to the character. Oh, it's fan. If if it is a get, and I really hope it is because that's just fantastic, then it's brilliant because it's only enhanced the the Joe Gacy character further. Mm. Um, and he and he looks like he can go on to be a really interesting aspect of NXT 2.0. Generally, on the whole, sort of production and feel of nxt 2.0 we're three weeks in now how are you feeling about it tom because the ratings haven't suggested great things no the ratings dipped a little bit last uh, this for this week's episode it sounds it looks brighter it looks new it looks fresh it feels more in line with what raw and smackdown are but a little bit edgier maybe hmm. in terms of some of the promos that have been there's a lot of swearing being dropped uh, on these shows at the moment, I'm not. <laughs> um, I'm not against it. I think they've thrown a lot at us for the first couple of weeks. A lot of new characters, very in very quick succession. I think once it calms down, 
I think we're going to have a really solid wrestling product uh, and, and, and a system that is a development system, which is what NXT was always designed to be, as much as we loved it as this sort of super indie like it's always its its purpose was always to be a a development system, and mm. I think that's what it's going to go back to. I see stars already within that system who I could see moving over to the main roster relatively easily. Relatively and speaking easily. Of, speaking of the main roster, and again, it's not one of our main points in this top ten because again, September was a manic, a manic, very busy month. We've got a uh, we've got a draft coming up, but according to reports, some NXT stars will be involved with Tom. So, just a very quick one: Who would you like to see up on the main roster uh, this coming week? Well, yeah. So the, the 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 scuttlebutt has been, as you say, like with the draft coming up, NXT in the mix. NXT aren't kind of up for the draft per se, but more a case of in sort of timeline in line, the lineal timeline of the draft we'll also see a couple of people called up to the roster as well mm. as a way of refreshing raw and smackdown um the one name that's been thrown around by john alba formerly of sports spectrum is hit row um mm. being being moved up to the main roster and i love the idea of hit row being on smackdown i think anything with swerve scott in is is money. Um, yeah. In terms of the others, I think LA Knight, I'd love to see him doing stuff on the main roster. I think Pete Dunne is long overdue a move to maybe Monday Night Raw. I think that my concern would be that Pete Dunne is one of those that doesn't, whilst he is excellent, doesn't quite mesh with this yeah. new look NXT, but is still right very much for Raw or SmackDown. So I'd love to see Pete Dunne uh, in the mix on maybe Monday Night Raw. So I would like to say hit. I, I want to say hit row on SmackDown. I'd like to see Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland moved over to Monday Night Raw. What about yourself? Uh, I'm looking at the uh, women's roster, Tom, and I, I would quite like to see uh, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai called up to uh, either Raw or SmackDown. I think both uh, kind of. I know Io is one of the uh, uh, NXT Women's Tag Team Champions at the moment, but I do think both uh, are kind of done what they need to do on nxt and and we've seen a real influx of uh more women's wrestlers on nxt in the last couple of weeks and i, I would like to see what both could do let's say eo on raw and dakota on smackdown nice shout nice shout we'll see how those pieces fall when the draft begins uh throughout well at the start of october we'll touch uh, touch on this again in the next top 10 here is your be sour clap for your brand new wwe champion and feel the The power power. it's a weird day yes it is (laughs) (laughs) we're only on point three beautiful beautiful uh, if you big... haven't got the message, Big E is the new WWE champion. Big cashing in there. on the <laughs> cashing in on the September thirteenth episode of Raw, beating Bobby Lashley. 
he called his title shot. He called the cash in on social media beforehand. Uh, Biggie has revealed in subsequent interviews following uh, he expected to be money in the bank holder for quite a bit longer. Was told on the Saturday prior, so that would have been the 11th of September, he was going to be needed for Raw. And then told when he got to Raw, he would be cashing in and winning the title. Tom, brand new WWE champion. It's Big E. It's a very popular move. I was intrigued by the tweet that he put out because I was on my week off that week. But uh, as I checked Twitter, one of very few occasions I checked Twitter that week, uh, the one that caught my eye was Big E saying, tonight on Raw, I'm going to cash in my money in the bank and win the WWE title. And I thought, okay, that's cool. That's a hook for Raw. And then I thought, I'll check the results the next day and blow me down. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Called his shot and he did it. I'd be intrigued to see how that, how things like that move the needle with Big E just saying, like almost calling the bluff. Like, I'm going to win the title tonight. I was like, oh, and you did. Happy days. Really happy to see Big E as champion. Uh, I think this is well-deserved. He is a great fit as WWE champion. That belt suits him down to the ground. And I think it's and, and it's a shame to see Bobby Lashley's reign come to an end. I think we've seen some of the best work that Bobby Lashley has ever done in WWE yeah. as WWE mm-hmm. champion. A special energy from Bobby. It also marks the first time in the history of the WWE champion that uh, a, a, a black champion has lost the WWE title to a black challenger. There's a bit of history okay. there. It took till 2021 to th- for that to happen, but it's there. Mm. Um, but with Big E as the guy, I think it's great. And as you say, the draft coming up, it feels very much like Roman Reigns is staying on SmackDown. And I feel like they can build Monday Night Raw around Big E and the New Day. I think that the a lot of people now start talking about, oh, will they split the New Day now? I still don't think they'll split the New Day. <laughs> I think no, they'll, I don't they'll stay together forever. I genuinely <clears throat> believe. I agree. I think uh, I think this is the way to go. Keep Biggie and the uh, the New Day together for as uh, as long as they want to be because they just work so well. And it's a really nice, unique story. Um, I, I suppose attention now turns to what next for Big E because he beat Bobby Lashley in a steel cage. Drew McIntyre came out with his big sword and pointed it at Big E. Every sort of report is that... Drew maybe he's going to go to SmackDown. Obviously, plans can change. Uh, so, what next for Biggie? Who would you like to see Biggie face? In, well, I in think, a WWE I think title they've, they've sort of set it out there. I think it's got to be Biggie and Drew McIntyre. That's mm. a new match. That's fresh. I'm intrigued to see how they work together. But this is it now. This is now because Biggie has has done uh, did stuff in the Intercontinental Division on SmackDown, and now he's he's straight in with the top lads on Raw. And the possibilities are endless. And obviously the draft will change things. But you look at the, as it stands, like the, the, the potential matches we could see. Big E versus AJ Styles. Big E versus Drew McIntyre. Big E versus Randy Orton. Like these are, are, are really interesting matches because they're new. And, and we, there's not many times in wrestling where you can say we've got new matches. And and I'm excited no. to see like some of the stuff. I, I hope they really truly get behind Big E. I hope that he gets his dream match against Goldberg with two meaty men slapping meat. I hope we get that. I know it's something he's always wanted to see happen. Um, 
More power to Big E. Uh, as, as you've said, and as it's been reported at Cultaholic.com as well, uh, it's been suggested that the plan for Big E to become champion was brought forward because of some of the, the big movements that AEW have been making. How true do you think that really is, Mitch? I think there's there's a big element of truth in that. I think there is a, a it's more true than not true. That's a very political and journalistic thing to <laughs> it say. Really isn't is, it really is, mate. Uh, I'm very good at, uh, yeah, dabbing around my answer. No, I think it's true. If, if you're looking for gun to head, I think uh, WWE have, have made note of the success AEW had coming out of All Out. I mean, we've talked about, and we're going to talk more about how successful the Dynamite following All Out was for AEW. It's no coincidence that this uh, WWE title change happened the week following that. Um, I believe WWE, and I think we've seen it a bit with Raw in the last few weeks, WWE have made an effort to put on a more compelling raw television product. We've seen it with Big E winning the title. We've seen it with the bloodline on the following Raw. And we had two WWE title matches this week. So AEW successes, as much as WWE wouldn't want to admit it, are influencing WWE's product. They really are, and we'll no doubt see more of that when we get the the draft out of the way next week. Sometimes, as a joke, Ric Flair would put on his robe, not wear anything else, and walk that aisle like Ric Flair, and then open it up, and woo! That's the big high spot. I wanted to see Ric coming out naked in his robe, so he did it on the airplane for everybody, and uh, that's what the guys want to see. That's what makes them laugh. He could move his hips and twirl it, and so his well-endowed penis spins around like a helicopter. So that's, hey, he's the nature boy for a reason. He's got a hammer on him. A rougher subject dominated multiple weeks of news output here at Cultaholic, and it was the fallout from the Dark Side of the Ring episode, all about the 2002 infamous plane ride from hell what's the story here mitch yeah so uh vice returned for the second half of season three's uh, dark side of the ring in the middle of september kicking things off with an episode uh, everyone's been waiting to see for a long time as you rightly say tom the infamous 2002 plane ride from hell which if you're not uh sure about was a notorious flight involving wwe staff and performers coming back from the uk to america uh, following the Insurrection pay-per-view, I believe. Yes, it was um, Insurrection 2002. Fantastic. So, during the uh, during the show, allegations of sexual misconduct were raised against Ric Flair, leading to Flair being removed from WWE's signature intro and his merchandise being pulled from WWEshop.com. Uh, it's important to note here that Flair has denied all allegations of any form of inappropriate sexual behaviour, but has admitted to walking around the flight with his genitals exposed. Uh, it, the, the story is that Flair walked around with just one of his Nature Boy robes on. Uh, meanwhile, Tommy Dreamer has been suspended from Impact Wrestling and removed from his presenting duties with Busted Open Radio uh, following his comments and remarks made in the episode. Uh, Dreamer tried to defend Flair's behaviour, saying he was just having a laugh before questioning why uh, Heidi Doyle, who is the flight attendant involved, would settle with WWE on a financial level rather than pursuing criminal charges. Uh, Dreamer has since apologised for those remarks. And if that wasn't enough, Rob Van Dam has also sought to clarify his remarks on the episode because many viewers took what RVD said to mean that he had seen Ric Flair uh, physically place Heidi Doyle's hand on his genital area, uh, something RVD says he didn't say, but creative editing played a role in that. Um, this is heavy. 
This is heavy, Tom. When this first got reported, I remember reading about it in Power Slam magazine. First time. Great around. magazine, by the way. Great magazine. Yeah, depends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> published by our competition now, so I'm, I'm loath to say. <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> but at the time it was about all jokes aside it was a magazine that that a lot of us read and I remember reading about it and the emphasis on um, what went down in the plane ride from hell was a fight between Brock Lesnar and Kurt Hennig mm. like that was where the and you know there was there was comments made about Ric Flair strutting around with wearing just his ape just his robe. Uh, and of course, uh, Michael Hayes getting his hair cut, um, and so there was. But there was the sexual misconduct allegations were uh, not referenced or even brushed over, and it's made for tough uh, reading and watching once again to see all of this come through. Um, a lot of people upset that it has come back round again. A lot of people citing cancel culture, but. Um, what seems to seems to have happened here is uh, something appalling happened that really didn't get reported about at the time and should have done. And Absolutely, this is this is the big thing. This is something from O2 that really should have had more emphasis put on it than than it was. Uh, this has been uh, damaging career wise for Ric Flair, among many other things, as uh, he's very much gone quiet on this. Tommy Dreamer's comments were inappropriate um watching it back um if you haven't seen it it's it's more the fact that tommy dreamer um talks about people being offended and the conversations about people being offended and he says he kind of compares people being offended by rick flair's uh naked uh nigh-on sexual assault to people being offended by his haircut and that i think is the as that's stuck in the craw of a lot of people and mm. and rightly so as it's a weird comparison to make um rob van damme's clarifications are quite interesting as well because with that you see behind the world of of editing and you know as as anybody who's put together documentaries and tv shows will know there can be some creativity in the editing process rob van damme uh, was asked a question by the interviewer about well, he was he was he was told that people um, he was told the story about Ric Flair. Uh, what's the word? Windmilling. I don't want to hear the word windmilling again. Where he spins his penis around like yeah. a helicopter. And um, Rob Van Dam reacted to that story by saying, "You know, you should never meet your heroes. You should never see Ric Flair doing the helicopter." And that was taken as if to say that Rob Van Dam had watched it happen. And Rob Van Dam went on to say, no, I didn't watch it happen. I was asked a question. I responded to a question and it was placed into the into the documentary in such a way that it made it look like I did. So mm. and then Ric Flair has taken that taken that as well. And Ric Flair has got upset with Rob Van Dam's comments saying, oh, so Rob Van Dam made an assumption and talked about it. And Rob's gone, no. I, I was asked another question. They've edited it to show this. The big thing that comes from this is that Ric Flair uh, is accused of sexually assaulting an airline stu- an airline uh, stewardess uh, mm. in the name of Heidi Doyle. And you only have to look at Heidi Doyle uh, as she tells her story to realise this was a really messed up situation. Um, Flair had to. Flair did some more. Um, 
some more damage control for the following episode of Dark Side of the Ring, which was all about Chris Canyon, mm. in which yeah. uh, Flair had made comments about uh, Canyon being dismissed from uh, from WWE, but it wasn't connected to the fact that he was homosexual. It was that he wasn't very good. And Ric Flair, this is Ric Flair's words, and Ric Flair had to sort of clarify some of his meaning there because... It's it's just been a it's it, PR wise it's been a, a rough month for Ric Flair and a lot of people will be calling rightly so. It's been a rough month for I think most of the individuals involved in this mm-hmm. this episode. I, I mean I want to I don't think aside from Heidi Doyle who I mean just the way she comes across it, in the episode so dignified. Um, so much credit and respect to Heidi Dorr for being so open and honest uh, in that episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I think the rest of the participants, um, uh, I, I won't go through the whole list, but Jim Ross, Mike Kyoda, a couple of others are in there as well. I don't think anyone else really comes off as great in this. And I think that's generally because of the attitude WWE have had to this instant over the last two uh, two decades, which has been, this has been something that is featured on WWE Storytime, on WWE joke time or whatever these shows are called where they make a laugh of it real rick flair's walking around with his penis out oh let's have a laugh and a a joke about Mm -hmm. that and it's and i think what's a little bit i don't want to say shame shameful because i think we've all been in that situation we've all been guilty of watching those shows and laughing along with the story we're told situation where i've walked around on a plane with in just a robe with me no 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 but no but i mean we've all watched those shows and we've all we've all because of the context they've been presented by the uh the company presenting them, i.e. WWE, we've all seen it in the light that they presented it, i.e. as a bit of fun and a bit of a joke. But when, you know, when the sto- the whole story finally comes out, which it has done now, it's it's galling. It's horrifying to think what that poor poor woman and indeed the, the, the innocent people on that flight had to go through. The entire thing was even lampooned in Heels, I discovered this, this month as well. I, I finally started watching Heels on Stars. Great series. And there's a bit which features an older character. Uh, spoiler, by the way. Uh, called um, called Wild Bill, kind of like an old wrestling veteran working for the big company up north, and he's on a uh, on like a, on a on a Goodwill Ambassador tour, and Wild Bill gets loaded on a plane and starts walking around in just his robe and gets naked. And as I'm watching this, I'm going, "Oh, that's the timing of this is is very very interesting." So it's a story yeah. that. So the reason I mentioned it is, it's, it's, as you say, it's a story that people knew about, but the real serious implications of it have kind of been brushed under the carpet, which is sad. What to do, see. do you? The 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 rumors around Ric Flair in terms of his career have been for a while that he's uh, he's going to head to AEW and link up with Andrade. Um, I think it's fair to say, Tom, that maybe those plans have been put on the back foot for the foreseeable, given this. Yeah, I I wouldn't imagine Ric Flair is going to be turning up in AEW anytime soon. I I don't think he. I don't think. I think never say never, never say never. But certainly, any plans they had for Flair, I think, are on ice at the moment, and we will we will see if and when anything more comes of it from there. Look at the strength. She's got Becky in place for a KOD. But wait a minute, it's the boss. Oh my god, what the hell? How the hell does that even happen? 
WWE presents Extreme Rules 2021, a pay-per-view not that extreme and very much followed the rules. What do we think of this match? Welcome to this weekend's WWE pay-per-view. Welcome to WWE Rules 2021. <laughs> Where it's all the true. matches play by the rules. This is, I mean, we'll get into our analysis of it. Let's just go through what happened first. So WWE presented Extreme Rules on Sunday, the 26th of September. Uh, a six-match uh, card with one match on the pre-show. Roman Reigns versus Demon Finn Balor for the Universal title, main eventing in the one and only Extreme Rules match. A good match, which had a very strange ending. Uh, elsewhere on the show, Damien Priest retaining the US title against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. We got the return of Sasha Banks in Becky Lynch's first advertised match in about 18 months. Uh, she faced Bianca Belair for the SmackDown women's title. And Charlotte Flair defeated Alexa Bliss to retain the Raw women's title in a, a generally quite a good match. It was a, a, a card that had some good action, Tom, but ultimately just felt very flat. Yeah, it was. I gave it a B in graded. I thought it, in terms of the in-ring quality, I thought it was good to good to excellent. Um, the big talking point being the final two matches, uh, the the women the, the SmackDown Women's Championship match pitting Becky Lynch against Bianca Belair, and the Universal Title match between Roman Reigns and the Demon Finn Balor, uh, a d- disqualification ending to a belter of a match between Lynch and Belair. I think a lot of people um, had seen what AEW had done a few days before. And felt a little bit bent out of shape because, oh, will they get away with it? Why don't WWE get a pass for it too? Um, And then the main event of the whole show, which sees Balor as the demon powering up. And just as he's about to finish off Roman Reigns, the turnbuckle breaks, which leads to the very sudden spear and a finish. They, a lot of people are upset with the finish. I think they have an opportunity, and you know what? I'm like, I'm like, I feel like sometimes with WWE, I'm, I'm a partner in a really bad, toxic relationship, because I'm always of the opinion they can change, they can change. This time will be different. They have an opportunity on Friday to add some notes to this song with Balor and explain why, of all times, this one on a night where. Sheamus went up top for ages and even did a dance who's twice the size of Finn Balor. Why the rope broke? If there's a storyline reason why that allows Balor a a rivalry to to take him away onto a new path with, then brilliant. I'm, I'm genuinely hoping that we get some response to this on Friday and it's not just treated as, whoop, act of God. What can you do? I'm worried it might be that, though, Mitch. I'm worried. And that concern is only amplified by the the sheer fact that since mid-September, WWE have bigged up Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewels. And they've they've almost done this whole sort of, you know, card subject to change. But it's going to be for the Universal title. I mean, it might not be. There's a match, but it's going to be for the Universal title. So it's... So full disclosure, I'm yet to actually sit and watch the full of Extreme Rules uh, simply because I'm. It doesn't. It look as you say on in terms of in ring action, it sounds like a good show. But what what are you telling me? What story are you trying to to sell me here? What they're to, telling to take us me, is that they had a pay per view to do. 
and they had to put something on, but they didn't but want it, to change the status quo. But but this is but this is this is the old WWECW argument. If you call it anything other than WWECW, people will probably like it. If you called this over the limit or payback, yes, or this is no what I mercy. Said. Any other pay per view name, abs- it would have been fine. Absolutely fine because we've been conditioned. Like it or lump it, we are in an age now where WWE tell us what's coming every year through their pay-per-view mm-hmm. name. Hell in a Cell is once a year. Uh, Elim- Elimination Chamber is once a year. We used to have it with um, Breaking Point. That was the night you got submission matches. Fine. So Extreme Rules is the one night a year. Is history's dictated. You get an Extreme Rules match. You get a Tables match. You might get a ladder match. You Maybe a, a, you might get something silly like a steel chair match. But you're going to get a stipulation. So this just felt like the WWE didn't care. And even in the video package, before the show started, the emphasis was put on, tonight is all about no rules. Extreme. Even, right, they had the gall, Mitch, they had the gall in the video package to open Extreme Rules, to have Becky Lynch with a Singapore cane saying, tonight there's no rules. Her match ended in a DQ! <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because otherwise I'd it. cry. The gall of I, it! I am laughing because otherwise I would cry. And you know what, Tom? I think this points to something that we have known for a while, and it's it's a it's you can see good and bad. But aside from your WrestleMania, your Saudi shows, and perhaps your other big three, WWE generally don't care about their network events because they make more money off their TV. Mm-hmm. It's true. Very so strange. that these... was a pay- that was a but though that was a network event. It was still a traditional pay per view though for other. Providers. It was still a traditional pay per. It was, but we the Fox deal is worth literal millions. To, you know, billions mm. to WWE. No, no, no truer USA. is that statement actually than one of the key mo- points from Extreme Rules was setting up Big E versus Bobby Lashley for Raw the next night. There, I mean, there we go. There you go. So. We, we've said for a long time, it's been a, something we've just accepted that WWE are going to present a pay-per-view every four or five weeks. Whether or not you think that the system works, that's what they've done for, goodness, 25 years yeah. almost. Um, but they don't seem to care about nine of them. It's very true. It's very true. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was what it was. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You guys did wonders with me uh, back in the day. That was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers to be uh, with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. Mick Foley uh, had some strong words to say about WWE this month. The WWE Hall of Famer posted a video where he claimed that WWE could be in trouble what was he talking about, Mitch? So, yes, Mick Foley uh, took to social media the day after All Out's, uh, uh, excuse me, AEW's All Out pay-per-view, which, as we've uh, talked about, was a resounding success. And uh, the, the WWE Hall of Famer talked about uh, a problem that WWE have got. And he, he basically said that uh, young wrestlers no longer will aspire to join WWE and they won't trust the company to look after their careers. And Foley pointed to himself, saying that while uh, WWE did so much for him in the uh, mid to late 90s, he uh, wouldn't necessarily trust WWE in the modern day to do what's right for him, noting the treatment of uh, recent call-ups from NXT to the main roster, such as Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. Uh, he went into more detail in interviews that followed. I've, I pulled out a couple of uh, really standout quotes here because we could talk about, I could spend the next two hours regurging what Foley said, but... On continuity in WWE, Mick Foley said, you lose your continuity when you promise people two or three different matches the next week and then they don't take place and you don't explain why and then you have another show, AEW Dynamite, that does a good job of that. Uh, On the developmental system, Foley said, I think one of the things you risk when you have a developmental system and a way of doing things specific to your business model is that you lose a little bit of the individuality so you tend to have a lot of people who can do great moves have good matches and whose name you can't remember after they've just wrestled and excuse me as i'm losing my voice uh, on vince mcmahon he said vince is one of the wisest men i've ever met but he's prone to whim um so unsurprisingly tom wwe are a bit unhappy with the hardcore legend at the moment yeah i mean some home truths spun by mick foley there a lot of stuff really rings out with wrestling fans uh, like us in the sense that WWE has really taken its eye off the ball in a lot of places. Sure. It's making, and this is, I think it's, I feel like whenever we get together, we come back to like this idea that WWE is now making money despite itself. And it always Mm. will. Like it doesn't matter if the storylines aren't, aren't flowing and strong and, the continuity is good. It doesn't matter if a wrestling match falls below a certain grade. It doesn't matter because the company will make money. There's no pressure for WWE to perform. And there were points in like the 90s where it was like it was do or die for WWE. We have to put things together. And they don't have that pressure anymore. Even if AEW starts making a silly amount of money, WWE will still make a lot of money as well. In fact, they might even make more because of it it's um 
And Vic Foley calling this out, I think it's it speaks to a lot of people. Will it change the minds of those at the top? Probably not. It'll just probably take Mick Foley off the Christmas card list for a little while. <laughs> um, Until they need a, a special referee for a Hell in a Cell match. Exactly. And, and then maybe whether Mick will do it, I don't know. Might even see Mick pop up in AEW because of this. You don't know. He has some good points, though. He makes I, Bringing up Karrion Cross and Keith Lee uh, are great examples of two wrestlers who really haven't had the, 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 the right treatment. And I feel like these two are the last that will get called up and not be looked after. Now that Vince is looking after NXT, I think from now mm. on we will see a more consistent call-up process um, with with stars of slightly less calibre, controversially. You know, a guy like Keith Lee is 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 a star. And they, they, they've just this week got the ball rolling with a, with a, new, a new feel, a new moniker for Keith Bearcat Lee. Karrion Cross is still, I feel, quite lost in the wilderness, despite beating Jackson Riker on Raw this week. I feel like he's still <laughs> hey, quite The lost. previously unbeaten Jackson Riker, I think you're fine. Oh, Thank heavens, you very much. Heaven for Fend. So that's the end of Jackson <laughs> Riker's push. Thanks for coming, mate. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, yeah, strong words. I, I can't see it changing any hearts and minds in Stamford, though, Mitch. No, and I can't either. I think the, the significance of this is when you've got someone who has been seen as a WWE four-lifer for the last 25, for almost 30 years, uh, making these very public remarks against the company. I mean, it's just not the, the done thing from from legends. They don't critique the product in such a harsh uh, manner on social media. And, and Mick's been very vocal in over the last few weeks about his... Um, his feelings about where WWE's at, particularly when compared to what uh, Tony Khan is doing across the way. Uh, but again, I feel, Tom, for me, you talk about we always touch upon WWE making money despite itself. Another thing I feel like we say every month on this podcast, this comes down to Vince McMahon says WWE is not a wrestling company. It is a sports entertainment company, and that's never going to change either. It's not. It's not. It'll always be. I mean, <laughs> we were talking in the office, and we almost foresee a point where, like, WWE doesn't even make wrestling shows anymore. Like they have, a, they have a catalog that's so vast, they could just become an entertainment sort of company without putting on new shows. They really, they they proved in the last twelve months that they can make money without a single paying customer mm. through the doors at a live show. They proved that in the Thunderdome. So it will, they'll make money despite themselves. Just remember. One thing, we are NXT. We send our best to Triple H, who had a rough September. Uh, with all the things going on and away from all the things happening in the wrestling world, uh, a real-life scary moment for John Paul, for, for John Paul Levesque. Isn't that right, Mitch? Yes, yeah, so uh, a bit of news that seemed to catch uh, the entire wrestling world off guard. Uh, in early September, WWE released a statement on Wednesday the 8th confirming that the executive vice president of global talent strategy development, Paul Triple H Levesque, had undergone a successful procedure after experiencing a cardiac event. Uh, WWE stressed that this had taken place the week prior. He was He's expected to make a full recovery uh, and no further details were provided at the 
time, uh, Triple H has himself since commented on it, uh, taking to social media uh, two weeks later, writing, I've been blown away by the outreach and support from so many people. I'm recovering, doing well, and deeply grateful for all the love in my life. Uh, at time of recording this, Tom, Triple H hasn't returned to work uh, with NXT, not surprisingly, uh, and Shawn Michaels has apparently been running the NXT tapings while his best friend recovers. Um, I mean, first and foremost, it's great to hear that Triple H is on the road to recovery. Yes, indeed. I realise I called him Jean-Paul Levesque earlier. Uh, which was his gimmicked name in WCW. <laughs> uh, he's Paul Levesque, not Jean-Paul. He's not really French. Uh, yeah, ha- happy to hear that he's on the road to recovery, though. Um, and uh, Shawn Michaels just keeping everything ticking over there. I think we were all very concerned about the work, the, the, the work life of Triple H when all these changes came into NXT because the the sort of grungy... Rocky NXT has been very much Triple H's baby. This not so much that we're seeing now. Uh, and when Triple H is back to full health, um, presumably he will continue on working for NXT. I, I can't see him moving into a different position at this point. Maybe he'll take a bit more of a step back because the company seems to be evolving at such a rate that maybe Triple H isn't going to be as involved in the day-to-day anymore when he gets recovered. We will wait and see. We won't want to speculate on this particular point any longer. Just send our best wishes uh, to Paul Levesque on your road to recovery. You're afraid to take this match because you know that I'm better than you. That I will kick your head in and that you are not on my level! AEW and WWE ratings talk. Now, some crucial numbers over the past month for both parties. Uh, In particular, AEW that scored a landmark victory, didn't they, Mitch? They did. It's the first time in over 20 years, Tom, that wrestling television ratings are making headlines in this way. And it's it's fascinating. Uh, so let's just get into some real numbers here. Uh, the AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, the 8th of September, which was the uh, Fallout episode following All Out, drew a higher viewership in the crucial 18 to 49 demographic than WWE Raw. So for the first time in, I mean, since the days of WCW, we saw WWE lose in that crucial demographic to another wrestling promotion this was a week where dynamite drew its second highest ever overall viewership and they got a 0.52 rating in the 18 to 49 demo which equates to about 681,000 viewers raw that week got 678 uh thousand not just 678 <laughs> Uh, a week later, Dynamite again beat Raw in that key demo, getting 574,000 in the 18 to 49, Raw getting 568. Uh, Raw finally got back on top uh, this past week, uh, the week commencing September 22nd. Dynamite again getting a very respectable 0.48 for their Grand Slam episode, uh, Raw achieving a 0.49, which was the uh, Roman Reigns and Bloodline episode of Monday Night Raw. 
Um, it should be noted that whilst Dynamite achieved both their second and third best ever viewerships in September, Raw is consistently achieving approximately half a million to 600,000 uh, viewers more than AEW's flagship show. Uh, and if you weren't aware, the 16, uh, excuse me, the 18 to 49 demo is a key demo because of the uh, significance placed on it by advertisers. Uh, so I've just thrown a lot of numbers your way, Tom, but it paints an interesting picture. Yeah, it means that AEW is winning and WWE is dead. That's the end of <laughs> WWE. Vince McMahon put a, WWE. put a soul sign on the door with tears running down his face now because <laughs> A-Dub won the demo. Um, yeah, this is still a great moment for AEW. And I think because when AEW was up against NXT, uh, it was it was an easy win every week, pretty much. Absolutely. For AEW, it was a trousing and one that WWE is still sort of licking the wounds of. It's changed NXT exponentially. Um, but then the conversation has been, imagine if AEW went up against Monday Night Raw. Now, Raw is beating AEW uh, on the general ratings. That's without a doubt. But that shift oh so slightly into the 18 to 49 demo uh, is 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 positive sign for AEW. It shows that... It also shows as well, and this is this is the interesting thing, is that... It's not like the wrestling audience is divided. Like, there is... It feels like there's two very different wrestling audiences. I feel like... (laughs) Excuse me. I feel like if we were to see um, a Monday Night War, which is unlikely, between AEW Dynamite and WWE Raw, we wouldn't see either show lose many, which would suggest to me that there are two very diverse wrestling fan bases watching wrestling and that's a really exciting time to be a wrestling absolutely fan, you know it's very tribal at times the internet i'm looking at you but what is amazing <laughs> to see is that there's wrestling consistently over the million mark on whether it's wwe whether it's AEW or otherwise and as a wrestling fan of a certain vintage it's it's nice to see that there is still that interest in wrestling of course it's nowhere near what it was 20 no. years ago of course not when like monday night raw famously did like an 8.1 of course it's nowhere near that because the world has changed now you're not just up against other tv shows like you were in 2000 you're now up against everything the the rate of distraction is so much higher so you can't measure it always on the same systems that you did 20 years ago it's got to be different and you know you you look at impressions online and social media likes and shares and things like that but still for the tv numbers to be doing what they're doing they're great um do you ever foresee a time when i don't think it's happening as i said i don't think it's happening anytime soon but mitch do you ever foresee a time where aew comes close to monday night raw's numbers Putting me out on the, you're putting me out to dry yes, here. Yes, I am. Away. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get some serious hate on the old Twitter machine. Um, I'm gonna no, no. I'm gonna say. Oh, gonna, he's pro WWE. This lad. Oh, yeah. I'm on. I'm on the he's payroll. On the Nick Khan payroll. <laughs> Send me my check, please. My my seven pound fifty. We're all getting checks um, from Khan's. Shaking hands with both Khan's, Khan's Nick checks. and Tony. <laughs> Um, I, I don't mean that anything against AEW. No. I don't mean that anything against AEW Dynamite. I just don't necessarily... Because as you've rightly touched upon, Tom, I think AEW have pulled in a 
a wrestling audience that maybe was disillusioned with wrestling and the product that WWE was putting out. So for for AEW to get over WWE's number, I think you're going to need to see Raw's rating significantly decrease as opposed to Dynamite's go much higher. I'm not sure how much more give give there is for AEW to to, to keep going up is is what I'm trying to mm. to get at. Um, but I'd love to see it because if it, the day it happens. There is going to be a hell of a meeting at Titan Towers. I like that you call it Titan Towers. That's a nice throwback, that. That is old school, isn't I it? I like it. I like it a lot. Well, turn it off for the Here we go. Let's get after this thing. Mega over the top. Boom! The feet trigger. Oh, backdrop. No one in AEW has ever kicked out of a one-winged angel. Daniel Tentone. Megan and Brian Danielson have put on a clinic here. Fighting right back into it. That was the bell. Bell sounds. The time limit has expired. What a match, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies what and a gentlemen, wrestling match. The time limit has expired. This match is a draw. If there was one more minute in this match, I think Brian Danielson would have beaten Kenny Omega with that lapel lock. This is the greatest show. presenting Dynamite Grand Slam from Arthur Ashe Stadium, a highly anticipated event that saw the show open with a a first time ever match for the ages. Talk to us about it, Mitch. This, I know I keep using this word, but this was magnificent. <laughs> Everything about it this was. was magnificent. It was wonderful. So present, presented on your TV screens across the 22nd and 24th September, AEW showed us Grand Slam from Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, Dynamite uh, Grand Slam on the 22nd opened with what many are suggesting is the best free television wrestling match of all time. Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson going the full 30-minute time limit draw. Uh, in just a, a spectacular bout. Uh, also on Dynamite was uh, Malachi Black beating Cody Rhodes for the second time. I know there was a bit of concern around that match, and I think it went the right way. Uh, and Britt Baker retaining the AEW Women's World title against Ruby Soho in the main event. Switching gear over to Rampage, which is recorded on the Wednesday show and on the Friday, we had CM Punk's first free televised match since January 2014. Uh, a belter of a lights out tag team match in the main event and Adam Cole and the uh, Young Bucks reuniting in the super click as well. I mean, everything about these two shows just screamed uh, professional wrestling at its best. And we have to talk about the, the, the key part of Dynamite Grand Slam and that whole week, which was the opening match of Dynamite. Within three minutes, the match had started. And I like the fact that Dynamite wasted no time. Um, thoughts on Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega being given away for free. Thoughts on that, Mitch? Smart, very smart, very brave. Um, because it comes back to our conversation that we had had earlier, Tom. That TV is worth more in terms of engagement and viewership, and therefore revenue than pay per view at the moment. For that's not just for WWE; that is for for AEW as well. And we're talking about a. Uh, a company that is as far as it's come and the growth has been colossal is still only two years old and you're still trying to capture an audience and by putting i mean so what would have this started 8 p.m usa time mm-hmm. kenny omega versus brian danielson um 
So you can imagine just flicking through the TV, as we're all prone to do in an evening, and you flick past and, oh, what's this? This looks entertaining. I think it was a very brave move from Tony Khan, and I think it's going to be one that pays off, because I, th- that's how we as young people got into wrestling. It was through flicking through the TV and something catching your eye. I can remember for me, it was a, a Rey Mysterio-Matt Hardy match back from 20-odd years ago on, on SmackDown, and it nice. was just watching Rey... Yeah, just watching Rey jump around the ring or whatever just did it for me as a as a young man um so it's it's nice to see those moments being almost uh, encouraged by AEW. i loved everything about it i think omega versus danielson was the greatest match in dynamite history wow best match that's ever been on AEW dynamite <laughs> that covers a lot of ground that does cover a lot of ground the best like bell to bell the greatest <clears throat> match in dynamite history and they'll go a long way to top it. The time limit draw, even that, I thought they they handled that um, as beautifully as they possibly could. And yeah. again, comparisons are made between Sunday, Extreme Rules, where you had two matches with very inconclusive finishes. One in particular, which was a disqualification. And treating them all the same way, um, all three cases were... All three cases were matches where they sort of been booked into a corner where you couldn't really have a winner. You couldn't have a winner between no. Roman Reigns and, and the Demon because Demon can't win the title because Roman's on a roll. Roman can't make the Demon look weak because the Demon is you know, meant to be a, a monster. Uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Sorry, Bianca Belair and uh, Becky Lynch. Um, with Becky, you don't want her losing the title just yet. You want to keep that thing with Belair. With Belair, you don't want her to lose... Over at AEW with Omega, he's having a great run as the champion. You want to hold off and make people pay for that title change. But at the same time, in his first match in AEW, you don't want to give Brian Danielson the loss. So they went with the time limit draw. The whole thing with them fighting right at the very end, I thought was excellently done. And they were able to still placate the crowd in such a way. Whilst they were upset there wasn't a result, there was just overwhelming love for the match. Which was which was great to see. Uh, made it, and it was sorry, go on. Sorry, I was gonna say, it was very smart for it to not be a title match, and you know they they covered that brilliantly yeah. in in the uh, weeks that uh, pre you know preluded it that came before it um, with with Danielson saying this isn't about the title. This is me proving to myself I am better than than you. And I feel like everything that they've, as you rightly said, they did the best job with what they had. And I feel like everything they did before, and crucially, everything they have done since proves that it's been a very smart booking decision. Do you have Brian Danielson defeat Kenny Omega for the AEW world title? No. But I have Brian Danielson defeat Kenny Omega after he's lost the AEW world title. Right, nice, nice. Um, because there is a small matter of a certain cowboy who is on the uh, on the periphery right now, who I believe that that win belongs to. I, I, if, if, for, and look, we, we always try to avoid as much fancy booking as possible, but I think there's a story to be told with Omega about a, a, a downward spiral, which will end up involving a, a perhaps a, a, a face turn. I, I'm not talking in the near future. We could be talking a year, 18 months down the line, but there is a story to be told with Omega sort of slipping. Uh, I think you're right in terms of who he's going to lose that title to eventually. I think there's another match with Danielson there who Danielson probably needs to beat Omega. And I think Omega probably, in a weird way, needs to lose to Danielson because I think that will be a a, a big um, 
a big loss for him to carry. And then I think there's a story there to tell with um, Omega and the rest of the elite as well. So they've done a fantastic job of it so far, and I look forward to seeing where it goes. Tony Khan has said he wants to make Grand Slam an annual event coming out of Arthur Ashe in New York City. Uh, how do we think WWE would react to AEW pitching up in New York at least once a year? <laughs> I mean, New York is WWE territory, exactly. man. Exactly. The Northeast belongs to the Capital Wrestling Corporation, lest we forget. Uh, Heaven forfend somebody moving in and pulling the crowd that they did. I mean, goodness me. It's, I wonder how Vince is taking it, someone doing to him what he did to all these promotions 30 years ago. A lot of people say he's not bothered. I like to think that he's slightly bothered. <laughs> I like I like the I mean this is the man that hate that hates sleeping and sneezing. So I mean if you think he is not bothered by this, you are kidding yourself. Um I CM Punk said something very, very telling in his promo, didn't he? Professional wrestling has come back to New York City. It's it's different shows, it's different audiences. Um and that hardcore New York crowd that we know exists has finally got an outlet. Do you ever see a day where AEW comes to New York City to run Madison Square Garden. I mean, it would be the biggest middle finger, wouldn't it? It would be From, it an would, ultimate middle finger. It would be... I mean, I, I would love to see it. I would just for what it meant for like WWE status status quo. It's like a, if you're a, if you're a football fan, a soccer fan, if you're American, it's like Arsenal winning the league at Tottenham Stadium oh. almost twenty years ago. It's it's just that it's it would be a gut punch for WWE. I think you hear the stories about how much it costs to run Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's why WWE didn't do it for the longest time, and they knew they had to kind of make a bit of a statement coming back out of the the pandemic. Um, I could see it happening. It's not something I see happening for a little while because if. And this is just me using my sort of marketing and corporate head a little bit. But if I was the runners of Arthur Ashe Stadium, perhaps I would be a little put out if uh, we were seen as a, we felt we'd been used as a, as a, a stepping stone. That's true. That's very, very true. It's very, very true. Um, talking of stadiums, talking of venues, bleeds us nicely into our final story in the Cultaholic.com top 10. Over 80,000 fans welcome you to the grandeur. Never stopped me dreaming, Mitch. Never stopped me dreaming. In 1992, it's coming. It is. It's, it's coming. coming. Wrestling's coming. Wrestling's home. coming. Home. SummerSlam <laughs> 1992 emanated from Wembley Stadium in front of over 80,000 people. Next year, the 30th anniversary of SummerSlam 1992. Could we see wrestling coming home? SummerSlam in SummerSlam in the UK, Mitch. What? What's? Is this? Is this? A, is this a dream? Could this be a thing? Is it, is, 
It's a fever dream, Tom. We're all hallucinating. Time to wake up. Wrestling has finally lost the plot. So, uh, credit where it's due. First things first, what culture broke the news at the beginning of this week uh, that uh, WWE had held talks regarding bringing a major UK event uh, back to the... Well, back to the UK, obviously, uh, in 2022, looking at uh, early September... Uh, Alex McCarthy of TalkSport then doubled down on this, saying that WWE was planning to host SummerSlam 2022 in the United Kingdom, not at Wembley, but at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. So this uh, Principality Stadium is considered the front runner. Nothing's been signed, plans all subject to change, but there was allegedly a couple of meetings about the plans for a major UK event during the Fortnite Overseas Tour uh, here in the UK last week. Uh, Drew McIntyre apparently involved in those meetings because he's been a big advocate for a, a major UK pay-per-view. So the retractable roof at the Principality Stadium allegedly is a massive attractive feature for WWE because it rains a lot in Wales. Uh, the the venue is primarily used for football and rugby. Uh, in the bleacher stands can hold 74,000 people. But when the boxing was there uh, back in 2017, they got just over 78,000 people in. Tom, SummerSlam, Cardiff, 2022. Sign me up. I'm in. I'm sold. This is ace. This is really exciting. Big shout again to Alex McCarthy of TalkSport, who did uh, some phenomenal investigative journalism uh, to bring this to us. Um, the Principality in Cardiff. Now, the thing is, when you're a fan across the water, when you think of stadiums in the UK, you just immediately default to Wembley. So the Principality may not have that same um, name value away from America. I'm oh, sorry, outside of the UK, in America and in Canada and in mm. Australia. But I think Australia will because they're rugby. Uh, they're rugby fans. They get it. Um, but the, the Principality, when Wembley was being refurbed, the Principality hosted some major football games. So, like, the fact that the Principality is considered, you know, a a, a secondary or, a, a you know, a, a step along from Wembley should say everything that you need to know. The capacity is certainly very appealing for WWE, who uh, have said, and, and this comes from Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, uh, they are looking to do at least six uh, stadium events in 2022 one of those being in the uk two of those being in saudi arabia and the rest being across america so when you think of stadium events and you think of wembley and the capacity of wembley the principality comes uh, very close to that capacity uh, is it more than wembley or is it about just under wembley mitch it's just shy of, of the new Wembley. Uh, and for our American friends, when we say the new Wembley, again, Wembley was, was remodelled. Oh, and yeah, rebuilt lest the, uh... we forget that the Wembley from SummerSlam yeah. 92 doesn't exist anymore. No, we have a brand new Wembley from 2007, 2008, mm. uh, about 15 years ago. Um, so that stadium doesn't exist anymore. This Wembley is about 90,000, 85 to 90,000. But look, I mean, I've been to, to football and rugby at the Principality. It's a great venue. Cardiff is a fantastic city. Um, I, I had the pleasure of living in Cardiff for a couple of years. I was there living in Cardiff, actually, the year the uh, Champions League final was hosted there. Um, and I can tell you, you get a really good sort of festival atmosphere in Cardiff for these sort of big events. The, the city really embraces it. So if this does happen, you just know that Cardiff is going to be all for it. Do you foresee, and I thought about this the other day, um, do you foresee a situation where WWE are putting on an event in Cardiff in Wales, unaware 
of the major geographical and cultural differences between putting on an event in London. <laughs> I have this horrible feeling <laughs> that we get SummerSlam 2022 in Cardiff and the stage is full of uh, London taxis and red phone boxes. <laughs> red phone boxes, yeah. <laughs> no, all right, now I'm from Cardiff. Like, uh, Beef eaters, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's my only fear is that... like. The tra- traditionally, the the uh, the American American audience will think of London and certain tropes, and Wales is a very different, a very different conurbation. It's a very different lifestyle. It's a very different country. It's a different country, Mitch. Well, it literally is a different. It's quite country, literally so. a different country, um, but it's all part of the United Kingdom, despite the fact that Wales aren't on the flag. Uh, it's still part of the United <laughs> Kingdom. Um, I. Is it just me that's worried about that, Mitch? <laughs> no, I, I, it's a very, it would be a very it would be a very WWE thing to do. You would hope someone involved in the discussions from the the UK side would go. Hang on a minute, we've seen some of your shows. Don't bring the the red phone box. Don't bring the. the I, taxi. I I want a PDF to get leaked, or if if this event goes ahead at the principality, I want a PDF to get leaked of um, things to say and not say. Like, don't say London. Don't say UK. You are in Wales. You are not in England. Don't come out and say, hello, Cardiff, England. Like, I want like a... Oh, but uh, oh, uh, no, imagine the heel heat, though. Oh, oh yeah. If you're gonna Imag- be a, oh, yeah. If you're going to be a heel, absolutely do it. Oh, absolutely incredible. It's so great to be here in England. Oh, oh my God. I mean, that would be... You are asking it'll be, it'll be, for uh, it. That would be Owens and, and Elias levels of heat. Oh, <laughs> let's, let's aim high. Owens and Elias <laughs> levels of heat. It would be beautiful. It would be beautiful. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that one. That's a big story. And uh, Drew McIntyre has been the one beating the drum uh, for a UK, a, a significant UK pay-per-view is the wording he used on the UK tour last uh, the, the other week. I was very lucky to get to catch up with Drew McIntyre. Uh, at the the glamorous Holiday Inn just outside Newcastle City Centre where we got to have a chat about numerous things and he's very passionate about bringing a show to the UK. Um, a great, um, We've got a great ambassador in Drew McIntyre, haven't we, Mitch? We have. He's. It's been, a, a as you rightly say, it's been a drum that he has uh, beaten ferociously since, uh, well, since his return really to WWE and particularly since he's become a, a main eventer. It's been his one sort of desire as it were for to get us a a major show and it seems to be finally happening and we couldn't ask for a better representative on that roster than drew mcintyre he's a he's a a great athlete and a a really good human being the question is mitch how well do you know that excellent ambassador of ours drew mcintyre i mean not as well as you tom you've spoken to him twice in four days i mean you two are best friends indeed this is uh this is true but over at cultaholic.com you can take part in quizzes based on wrestlers and events from years gone by. And since Drew McIntyre has been banging the drum for a significant UK pay-per-view from the WWE, Drew uh, has been a great ambassador for that. Mitch, I'd like to see how many of Drew McIntyre's significant pay-per-view opponents you can name in 60 seconds. This is a quiz that you can take listening to this over at cultaholic.com. Mitch, how confident do you feel that you know all of uh, Drew McIntyre's previous pay-per-view opponents? I would be confident for for this current run for sure. Well, I think the uh, 
Let's give it a go. We're going to give it a go. Your clock, your timer, 60 seconds. Normally you get 10 minutes to do this over at coldsaholic.com. I like to grind Mitch's gear a little bit and give him just a minute. <laughs> I feel like he's good for it. Your 60 seconds, Mitch, starts <laughs> right now. Go! Let's, st- let's start with Randy Orton, sir. Randy Orton. Okay, five out of 120. Lashley. Lashley gives you nine out of 120. Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler gives you 13 out of 120. Uh, the big dog, Roman, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns gives you 22 out of 120. Wow. Uh, Rollins. Seth Rollins will give you 27 done. out of 120. Let's add Ambrose to the mix as Dean well. Ambrose, 30 out of 120. Uh, You've got 25 seconds left. Strowman. Braun Strowman will give you 32 out of 120. AJ Styles. AJ Styles. He had a couple of run-ins with him. 34 out of 120 with 10 seconds left on the clock. Miz. The Miz. Awesome Miz. 38 out of, awesome 38 out of 120. He definitely faced Lesnar at one event, didn't he? He did face Lesnar as well. 43 out of 120. I've got John Morrison for you as well. And your time is up. Oh, no. Your time is <laughs> up. I thought you said Miz and Morrison. That's fine. So I just chucked, in, take I it. chucked that in for you as well. Uh, well done. An excellent effort from there. Um, I can't find the button that says give up. Oh, there it is. Give up. There we go. Well done. 36%. 43 okay. out of 120. You missed out our truth Matt Hardy, Evan Bourne, Shelton Benjamin and Finley from Survivor Series. <laughs> what a team that oh, is. Mate, I tell you what. You missed DX, who eliminated him from the Rumble in 2010. <clears throat> you missed Kane who was in the IC, had an IC title match at Elimination Chamber 2010. Uh, Jack Swagger, Christian, Matt Hardy, Kane, Kofi Kingston, Shelton Benjamin, MVP and Evan Bourne, who were in the Money in the Bank ladder match with him at WrestleMania 26. <laughs> uh, also, you missed out the... You, you, we got Big Show in there, didn't we? we get Big Show in there? We got Big Show in there. I don't no, think... we didn't. No, Big Show from the... No, we didn't say Big from Show. From the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match, along with uh, New, Cody Rhodes, Evan Bourne, Mark Henry, John Cena from Bragging Rights 2010. It was John Cena and David Otunga facing... What a tag team uh, that I was. I know. Uh, your favourite, Rey Mysterio, along with Chris Masters, uh, Edge, Wade Barrett, Brodus Clay, Christian, Alberto Del Rio, the Brooklyn Brawler at TLC... In a six-man tag. I wouldn't have got that. I'd never have got nah. that. Uh, also, uh, Samoa Joe from Survivor Series, as well as Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio. Shane McMahon, he teamed with Shane McMahon back in the day. Remember that? The Undertaker yeah, was uh, a tag match at Extreme Rules. He faced Mustafa yeah. Ali, Andrade, Ricochet, Baron Corbin, Finn Balor in a Money in the Bank match. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens, Big E, and Riddle. In 2021's Money in the Battle Ladder match as well. Good effort from Mitch Warren. Good effort. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks for joining us for the Coldtoholic.com Wrestling Top 10 for September. Quick prediction for next month, Mitch. What you got? Uh, there'll be a draft. Yeah, there will be. We know shut, that's the, a, shut the door. That's a very Stop safe... <laughs> wow, brave prediction that, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I, I will be a year older. That's a very safe prediction. Oh, when's your um, birthday? Um... Sunday. So, Sunday, my friend. Sunday, the 2nd so, of October. Very nice. Yeah, and ooh, let's go a little bit more outrageous. Um, there will be a... I mean, we've got Crown Jewel, hasn't there? So something that people get really cross about will happen at Crown Jewel. 
Uh, Brock Lesnar beats Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even joke about it. That's scary. That's scary. Go on, Tom. What's your uh, big prediction for the next four weeks? Safe prediction. Drew McIntyre goes to SmackDown. Unsafe prediction. The Usos move to Raw. Just to mess up with everything. Wow. Just to screw everything up. Uh, also, um, who will make their debut for I'll- AEW this month? I'll have uh, I'll have Adam Sher turning up in Impact. Nice, Adam Sher turning up in Impact. We'll do that. Uh, I will I will also say who's just left Dub Dub E. I think we'll see Samoa Joe go again. I think Samoa Joe will finish up next month. What? Wow! Predict- oh my! Throwing him out here. <laughs> Bobby Fish will sign with AEW by the end of twenty uh, by the end of October. Bobby Fish will sign there, and MJF will hint at joining WWE because he is a bastard. <laughs> There you go. What a prick. What some predictions for you. And for next time we are together, he is at Mitch Wadden on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic.com. Don't forget to join us. Love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.